Um, you're listening to Artsmin on Sin Nation. I'm here with Greg Stasero. Welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah. How have you been? Like enjoying? Been good. Your time We've had a really uh, <laughs> remarkable, remarkable events here in Melbourne. Uh, the disaster artist has been uh, screening the last few nights, and um, audiences have just been cheering the film on, and um, the response has been incredible. So. Yeah. So, um, how would you um, say that the movie like differs from like um, your experience of the room? Or, like... The the film does a tremendous job of capturing the spirit um, and the heart that the book has, along with the humor. It's you know it was never an easy film to make, but they. Uh, made a film that just has really surprised people and, and, and I've seen it now like six times and it gets better every time I watch it um, yeah they really did a phenomenal job adapting adapting the book yeah um, I was just wondering you know in the second half of the book um, you kind of describe the conflict with your girlfriend but it's not really um, seen as much of a conflict whereas like in the movie it's kind of like seen as like the the conflict that kind of like promotes like a resolution. Um, would you say that that is like? Why would you say that that occurred? There was definitely a conflict with you know uh, with my girlfriend in real life. Yeah. You know she didn't want me doing the room. She didn't like Tommy. It's a huge reason why we broke up. Yeah. Um, so it's you know it's depicted in the film um, very much. It's you know similar to how it was in real life. Uh, she, like I said, she read the script for the room, or even just a page of it. And she's like, you know, "There's no way you're doing this movie," and just was very skeptical of Tommy. So, yeah, I mean, there's just really, you know, the heart and soul of the book is the friendship with yeah. Tommy, and so I think that just keeping the focus on that was important. Yeah. Um. So, how would you describe your friendship in like a few words? Like, if you're going to like describe it, I'd say uh, unorthodox, bizarre. Um, improbable it's just really a, a connection that in any other point in my life would have never happened for either of us um, I think I was at a point where I saw Tommy in a way as I was able to understand him in a way maybe I wouldn't have if I was at a different point in my life and I think he was he needed a shot in the arm he needed you know he needed youth he needed uh Hope, and I think I represented that for him. Um, and I think we both gave each other a chance without asking too many questions mm. and just kind of accepted and trusted uh, very quickly. And I think that doesn't really happen unless you're at that point in your life. So yeah. the connection has obviously stayed now for 20 years, um, having seen such bizarre experiences together. And I think it's um, it's a testament to friendship and kind of taking a chance on someone. Yeah. So would you say that you hit it off like the first time, like you met each other? It was like... yeah. It was a little strange. It was I was a little embarrassed at some of the thing kind of things that happened. But um, yeah, once I got past those roadblocks, I feel like mm. I, you know, he represented a lot. He was he represented freedom. Somebody you could just kind of hang out with and not feel judged or wonder. Um, what their angle was and it was you know it was a refreshing time to kind of be around somebody like that yeah so would you say that it was like because it felt like a very fast moving friendship in yes. the movie so was it absolutely it moved really quickly within a week we were talking about moving to LA and going on these road trips and um, it was yeah I think we both just needed a friend at the time and mm. um, yeah moved really quickly yeah um, so why do you think um, the room has such a connection with like 
college-age kids? Um, I mean, when I met Tommy, I was 19, 20, and, and, I, and I really saw the appeal. I thought he was just hilarious in a different way. Um, and I think it's just something liberating about him. He's very, he's drawn very much to young people. Like that's what he enjoys being around. And I think he just kind of gives off a vibe that is, just has this great comedy. Um, when you're at that point in your life, you kind of, you kind of, you don't judge as much. I think if you're an adult, you would kind of think like, oh, this guy's kind of weird. But at that age, you're just drawn in and yeah, and and can kind of enjoy the the berserker charisma that he has. And um, it's just easy. It's easy fun. Yeah. Um, I also was wondering uh, that um, in the book you kind of described um, that you had like other supporting roles and like other um, parts like other than like the room at the time and that you did have like that support whereas it wasn't really shown that in the film. Do you think that that was kind of to promote like an underdog story and like promote kind of like the... Yeah, I mean I think they had a few scenes in there where you know I worked on a yeah. horror film. Uh, but that was so inconsequential because the movie never really went anywhere. So yeah. that, that role didn't really have an effect yeah, on exactly. my life. It didn't change my path. I still was an unemployed actor with an agent going out on hundreds of auditions and not getting anything. Um, so that, that movie was really non-existent if you look at like the impact on my life. So I think you know the focus was kept on the importance of how the room shaped everything versus you know being a, a day player on a soap which nobody remembered before um, yeah so i think it was just not not a, like a huge important part of the story mm. would you say that it's kind of interesting to see um you know films like the disaster artist or the room being seen in, like internationally and seeing um the response from people yeah like- that's i mean that's always something that's blown me away that you know people even showed up for the room but the you know you kind of it's been eight years now since it's been screening in, in melbourne and london and you just it's hard to believe that it's yeah it's international i mean i think you just kind of it's been such a wild ride that you're just kind of here and you're taking it in but to, to really to look at a map and think that bad movie you made in that little spot in la is now being seen around the world um and now you know obviously the disasters which which is a great film um it's it's surreal it's hard to believe yeah um, would you say it's kind of weird um, having yourself being portrayed on the big screen? Like, did you ever think that that would ever happen? Yeah, I mean, my goal with the book seven years ago, almost to the day, was yeah. was to turn this story into its own film. Yeah. So I kind of had, you know, obviously the dream was putting a cast list together and it's yeah. going to be done by so-and-so and, uh, you know, and so I, I imagined it as its own film. So yeah. it's a little, little less... Yeah. surreal than I'm sure it would have been had it just come out of nowhere but it still is very very surreal and, and therapeutic at the same time yeah would you say there's some moments where like um, you see like the mannerisms of like an actor portraying you and you're like oh that's that's weird like it's kind of almost too similar or yeah it's, no it's again, it doesn't it, feel like you or again it's it's one of those things where it's it's kind of um, it's exciting and it's surreal to kind of let that play out now in its own in its own way um, you know it's not really yours anymore in a way you've shared it with the world you know with this with this great cast and you can kind of you know brings you brings you a feeling of peace I would say yeah do you find it interesting that it's such a like there's so many cameos in like the disaster artist and so many like different people wanting to join the cast yeah I mean I you know it's 
it's incredible to think like Brian Cranston, mm. Bob Odenkirk, and these these people that I love so much, yeah. um, admired, looked up to over the years that are part of this. Never would have guessed it. I know that James had said that there was a lot of comedians that yeah. loved the room and just wanted to be a part of it. And um, I, it's hard. Yeah, you, know, you could sit down and make a bunch of great films, and, and nobody would want to be part of your project. So, um, you know, the room has just transcended all these. Uh, barriers and it's become this great gift that um, you know after 15 years I'm able to appreciate do you think that um, there's some kind of message that like sometimes Hollywood needs to take itself less seriously yeah I mean there are so many roadblocks to get in you know you need an agent you need part of the union you need money it's just like there's always roadblocks and Mm. um, you know one of the amazing things here is you know Tommy decided to make his own movie which at the time was laughable yeah ended up with this, you know, so-called terrible product, mm. but it worked, you know, it, it defied logic and, and, and broke all the rules. And I hope that's a message to any filmmaker, actor out there, creative type, get your, get your project made, at least try, cause you don't know what the response might be for better or for worse. I mean, some people might say, Oh my God, I'm so happy. I didn't try. I don't want to make the room, but the, at the end of the day, the room has made a lot of people very, very happy. And I think that's, you know, it's not going to win any Oscars, obviously, but um, mm. I think making audiences happy is definitely a big accomplishment. Yeah. Um, what would you say is like the biggest hurdle that you've had to kind of overcome or like had to come across? Um, it's just been really like doing the book and, and um, trying to pitch this as a movie. Um, it's been just people don't think there's enough of a market yeah. for a bad movie. You yeah. know, are people going to want to read about the making of a bad movie? Do people really want to see a movie about a bad movie? And my thing has always been this is way more than that. It's, it's a character story first. Yeah. And so just kind of sticking to your guns and, and believing there's a bigger audience to this story than, than just to so-called make them a bad movie. And, and that's been the biggest hurdle is trying to convince people that, you know, this can stand on its own. This is a story, that, a universal story that, that people will be able to relate to and they'll laugh and and, um, and they'll be moved at the same time. Yeah. Your character in the movie kind of had like a, um, was like an aficionado in um, classical movies and such. Would you say that you are similarly? Or? Yeah, yeah, I love, yeah. I love classical movies. Um, sure. what, what would you say is your favorite? Um, I think Sunset Boulevard, um, yeah. a film that I've just been uh, fascinated by now for like 20 years. Mm. And the second I saw it, I related to it, and it just it captures what's great about Hollywood and what's terrifying about Hollywood, yeah. and can kind of is is the proof that there's there's no real happy ending yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, all of us kind of get filtered out through a pool at some point, you know, dead in a pool, or having that project <laughs> we really want to make, but are so get to the point where we're so delusional we don't know what exactly that is and i felt like this story was was a great take on sunset boulevard because it was such a huge train wreck but it just hung on by a thread and ended up becoming the success that all those other stories this movie's story should have ended in a tragic nature but it hung on by a thread through these two odd friends and it was able to to live on and Mm. find a happy ending and and that's what i thought was beautiful about it and um, i also love Psycho, yeah, um, something about the black and white, yeah, kind of, uh, double indemnity as well. So I love, yeah, yeah I love classic yeah. movies. Yeah, I, I find it really interesting hearing from your perspective, like Sunset Boulevard, for example. Like, 
I don't know, that really fascinates me, especially coming from like an actor who has gone through Hollywood and having that still, I don't know, doesn't like make you feel a little bit like, uh, or something. It kind of makes yeah. me actually, um, makes me feel nostalgic in a way. Yeah. Just because, uh, do you think it resonates with you? It absolutely resonates. Yeah. There's just something kind of romantic about the idea of picking it up and going to LA and trying. Yeah. You know, I've done that now. Um, I've survived it, and, yeah. I've, and I've and I've found something that I'm proud of. I've kind of completed the journey, and I've yeah. come out with most of my sanity. <laughs> um, and it's so it's nostalgic in a way to kind of go back to these Hollywood stories and watch other people do it again and um and it's just um i don't know it's a culture that i've always been fascinated by yeah um what would you say is like the most like prevalent thing about like hollywood culture just the unpredictability of it um you know the the big dreams Mm. and and kind of everybody starting off on that and then everyone has their own path yeah and who's willing to really stick it out for the right reasons or for the wrong reasons and um you just, um, yeah, it's rolling the dice, like my mom always said. My mom always said, you're going to go over there, you're going to roll the dice. You don't have any connections. If you really want this, you know, it's going to take you 20 years to get there. <clears throat> this is the 20th year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I love the thought of someone pursuing their dreams and, and the, the fallout from that. And yeah. I've got two more questions to ask. Um, how would you describe the legacy of the room um (laughs) yeah broad question for like the legacy of the room is really the ultimate cinematic experience uh, a film that um has withstood every possible uh you know barrier that you could have and is something that is um we'll never see again Mm. And, and i think that it, a film championed by the people um, is just to me it's it's a huge success because that's what I think every creator hopes for not having to spend any money to market something because the people just do it for you because of how much they love it and I think that is um, that's a wonderful accomplishment yeah and final question um, what would you classify as an American movie <laughs> <laughs> That's tough to say. Um, you know, I, I think having traveled the world with how people kind of see America sometimes or like, you know, a movie like Animal House mm. that just captures kind of that crazy culture of frat houses yeah. and, and all that. And so um, I think when Tommy refers to an American movie or Hollywood movie, mm. I think he's thinking of like the 50s of like Rebel Without a Cause <laughs> and the teenager. Yeah, and, Americana and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I think like Animal House is something that yeah. seen as an American film. <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting Thank with me. Thank you.